Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to the Corridor Cast. Today's guest is Freddie Wong. Freddie and us, we go way back because Freddie actually lived with us back in the early days before YouTube, back in like 2008, 2009, and 2010. So when his career launched, so did ours. We, we grew up side by side on the internet, watching the world change before us and influencing the platform that you guys know today as YouTube. Now, also, Freddie and Sam. Freddie thinks Sam is like the funniest guy in the world. And so I expect some good sparks to fly in this podcast. It's going to be a good one. We're going to talk about what Freddie's up to these days, his quirky hobbies that he has, why there aren't a lot of videos going up on Rocket Jump, what happened to VGHS season four. Well, there wasn't actually a season four, but why wasn't there a season four? All these great questions and more on the Corridor cast. Sit back, relax, stay tuned. Literally, it was Father's Day, I think uh, a year ago. And I was hanging out with Anthony, uh, Anthony Birch, who writer of video games, comic books, and and has worked on some of our stuff like uh, Rocky Jump the Show. Um, and we were talking about D and D, and we we're talking about oh, it'd be fun to like get our friends together, do a podcast, do a thing. And we just in the course of conversation, we realized that every dad archetype is a D and D archetype because <laughs> we're like, yeah, like. If, if your dad is like a soft rock cover band dad, well, then that's a bard. <laughs> you know what I mean, like if your dad's like yeah. if your dad's a stepdad who doesn't ever, you know, come home and is like a wayward dad, that's a rogue, you know. <laughs> and so we were joking about and like, and then, you know, so we were joking about like dad archetypes working. And we're like, what if we did a podcast? And we called it Dungeons and Daddies. And we're like, that's not a BDSM podcast, but it's a DD podcast. And it's, about, and it's about like dads in our world. There's like a whole subgenre of this stuff, but like dads in our world who get transported into the D&D like Forgotten Realms world, but they're just real dads in our world with real objects from our world uh, and they uh, have to rescue their sons because they're bad dads and they learn about being good dads. What level dad are you? I'm a, so I, I play my, my character's name is Glenn Close which is a, which is a guy's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm a, I'm a le- right now a level two bard which in, and then in canon I, I uh, have a uh, rock cover band the Glenn Close trio um, and so it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's me, uh, it's Matt and Will, uh, uh, Beth May, who's done a lot of stuff on, on our other podcast story break and then Anthony's DMing it. And yeah, it's called Dungeons and Daddies. And that's what we've been, that's like the thing that I've been doing a lot of right now, which How long is have you been doing that for not that long. It's only been about a month. Um, we've you're, been, you're we're, a big podcast guy, right? You have. You have story break. You have now. You have dungeons and. Daddies. I just have two. That's that's oh. that's okay. They all, <laughs> if you heard the joke, what do you call a collection? What do you call a collection of like crows? Murder. murder, a murder of crows, yeah. right? Geese, flock. 
what do you call a collection of three guys in Los Angeles? A podcast. A podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so I have, I, but yeah, that, that, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun doing like getting more into like audio editing and and, and sort of that stuff because it's, it's a heavy sort of thing. And one, here's a weird thing that I found when we were, when we're recording these D and D sessions: everyone has lag. Huh. Like you'll do a thing where it's like every because everyone's trying to like be in character and react to the roles and stuff. So when you listen to a conversation, there's like. No, I measured it like 250 to 300 milliseconds of lag as you process what's going on, convert into your character and then respond back in character. Wow. Then when, you, when you're playing it, you don't notice it. But then when you listen, you're just like, why is everyone pausing like in between everything they say? And you're like, oh, it's it's lag. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. It's in character lag. That's incredible. You have a lot of interesting hobbies. Uh you know, I think I think uh, it's because I get bored easily, Nico. Is that what it is? I think so. <laughs> Can't let the stillness of the universe creep in around you. Well, no, because I, I always <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this, guys. You know, you know, everyone's like desert island. What would you do to entertain yourself? Mm-hmm. What would you do to entertain yourself on a desert island? Yeah, desert island. You got nothing around you. Sandcastles. Sandcastles is pretty good. You <laughs> could, you could get really good. Imagine if Tom Hanks instead of right doing all his bullshit was like. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get really good at sandcastles. <laughs> You'd starve. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the truth of it. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What would you be doing on Desert Island? I don't know. I was like, I'd be like using coconuts for bongo drums and hum- <laughs> humming until I I wither away. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good image. Um, I feel like I could. I feel like I. I was like. I was like. I bet you I could amuse myself in very. I bet you I would get really good at beatboxing. That's, that's, that's right. what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. one word. Like, here's all the here's all the check marks on that one on beatboxing. Number one, uh, don't need people. Do not want to practice with people around you. Like you can't. Beatboxing is a private affair in your own bathroom in your own time. If anyone's around you, they're gonna get out. Right? Is this is this a, a segue into you beatboxing? I'm very, no, no, I can't. <laughs> I need on. the desert island. I need a desert island. <laughs> I, I thought so, you were just a great setup for you just like drop like, on us that you have gotten have really good at beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> you wish, Nico. I do wish. Um, no, no, I'm not good at beatboxing. Uh, but uh, and but then I wonder too. It's like it's a useless skill. Like I think I feel like over the course of my life, I've collected a good number of useless skills. Beatboxing mm. was is definitely in that category. Wait, wait, wait. You said you have collected that skill? No, no, no. I'm saying would be in that category, okay, okay. right? Well, I mean, it's Teasing it's basically, us. it allows you to busk anywhere in the world. That's true. It is like you, the ultimate busking tool. Yeah. Just walk up. Yeah. Put put a hat down and go for it. You need a mic because raw beatboxing is a little bit Okay. Little bit you're totally right. You, you, the, the mic is really what brings the performance out of it. It's yeah. true. You need that bass. Yeah. And then the moment you have a loop pedal, all of a sudden it's just like, cool, go anywhere. Yeah. What's the most impressive busker you've ever seen? Um, like who's someone that you've actually stopped and be like, "Where's my wall?" And you, so I guess he wasn't wow. busking at the time. But remember, sexy sax man. He's not the one I'm talking about. But do you remember sexy sax? I do remember Sergio sexy Flores? sax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who who could forget those gyrating <laughs> hips and yeah. dulcet tones? So I and I ended up going to this like performance, like this small like art house performance that he and a couple other musicians were playing at. Mm-hmm. And there's this other guy. I think his name was Corey Jamal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a busker on Santa Monica, and like. It was in this like small concrete apartment room, but like the acoustics were really good because of that. Yeah, and he was insane. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, so that's awesome. the best busker I've ever. And you saw him in like a performative context. Yeah. Do you think he would have stopped on the street if you heard him like wailing? I like stopping for buskers, but yeah, me too. Yeah, nobody else does really. Well, people feel self-conscious about it. Well, they're like, "Ooh, if I stop, I feel like obligated to pay." It's like, "Well, you, yeah, sure, just throw some throw some coins in, man. Like keep some change on you. You yeah. know, yeah." 
What about you, Sam? Are you, uh, well, you know, it's it's weird. Like I, I would say it's it's more like my 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 favorite busker, but it's my favorite busking instrument, and usually it's like a saxophone. In okay, the sense, yeah. you know, I like if you're a good sax player on the street, like you can you can you can play a lot of great songs. But the problem, it's like it's too piercing. It's like you you yeah. want. It's not like you're there for a performance. You know, you're going about your business. You're not at a concert. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I feel like a dulcimer, like a hammered dulcimer. Oh, like a weird like, kind of nice, it's the stuff round you hear at the, sounding at the Renaissance Fair. Something that's like a little lighter and tinnier and kind of like kind of blends into the the ambient soundscape. It's like I want a soundtrack to my life, not not. You know, I don't want to yeah. take it to a show. Yeah, so like, and as you walk by, it has to be like, is that Welcome to the Jungle? And then you're stopped, and then you're good. <laughs> hammer to the... Yeah. <laughs> hammer dulcimer. Hammer welcome dulcimer. to the... <laughs> is that Hangar 18? <laughs> is that the solo from... Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Is that Freebird? Um, so the, the most impressive busker I've ever seen was in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and Denver, I guess, is well known for buskers. Uh, and this guy was called the Zip Code Man. Hmm. And no joke... You would walk up to him and he, you'd be like, he'd be like, what's your zip code? And you tell him his zip code and he'd be like, oh, you live. And he would tell you where you were. And anybody like around the world, he'd be like, you're here. You're, oh, you're from here. And I was like, OK, that's impressive enough from a, as a feat of memory. But like, again, zip codes can get very specific, right? Because mm-hmm. like, you know, here in, in, in L.A., like just in downtown, there's like, you know, a bunch of numbers for just even like the downtown area. Yeah. He was specific enough to be able to tell you, you must be near this cross street. Wow. And the the craziest was an Israeli woman walked up and she said like and she she said her zip code and he was like oh you're from Israel you're in this neighborhood and then he the third level he was like is this pita shop still there I love this place and she's like <laughs> it's I live like three doors down from he's like I love that spot it's amazing and I was like what like people were like how are, are you in, so not only was he able to know where you were he was able to have like a little factoid about like your region. And he was like, yeah, because like I talk to people, and if I ever hear a zip code I don't know, I ask them about it, and then I now have that zip code in my memory. And it's like the most impressive thing I've ever That's seen. Incredible. That's incredible. Really cool. He doesn't have like an ear, earbud or something. Like, no, okay. just he just memorized, and that's the whole thing. Is just he just knows zip codes. That reminds me of when I went to Universal Studios, and like one of the like in character like guides, informational people, like was giving us a little rundown. Like here's the map, here's the park, these are the good rides. Where are you guys from? And we're like, well, we're living in LA, but we're originally from Minnesota. He's like, yeah, we're about. It's like still are. He's like, oh yeah. Do you guys ever go across the river to that one bar that's, uh, you know, on Sundays when they don't sell liquor in Minnesota because there's that one right over there in Bayport? And we're like, or not Bayport, but in Somerset. And we're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same deal, I guess. Maybe he's the zip code guy. Got a job at Universal for the summer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, that, that's, I guess, the, what I guess zip code guy tells us is that in this day, this modern day, the most impressive thing you can do is just have a mediocre memory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you read about guys back in like the medieval times and you'd be like, these monks memorized these books. Like people were able to like have multiple languages under their belt and be able to recite whole passages from, you know, poetry and all that stuff just because everyone was exercising that muscle because they needed to. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, right, technology has allowed us to externalize our need for memory. So as a result, Anybody who's just like good, like if you could just if if you just remember someone's phone number off the top of your dome, you're you're fucking Merlin, <laughs> yeah, already, right? These nine digits belong to you. It's like how did you these ten digits? No, wait, nine. <laughs> wait, ten. ten. Ten digits. Depending. See, 11, I, I can't even remember how many one. numbers are in a phone number. You could yeah. be Merlin if you just practice memorizing people's people's uh, phone numbers. Freddie, what's your mom's phone number? 
Wait, you don't have to Wait, say. Wait, I'm it. not gonna say this. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember it? I do remember my mom's phone number. Do you remember Jimmy's phone number. I remember Jimmy's phone number. I remember my mom's phone number. And my dad's phone number, and I remember two more: my old house phone number when I was growing up, and my best friend's house's phone number <laughs> when I was growing up. Yeah, you, you still have those, right? I, th- I think I need a phone so I can just because it. it's, it's a pattern memory yeah. thing, right? I had a friend and who's a little hit- bit of music in there too. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend whose his number was just right down the middle oh it was like it was yeah, he's not this anymore and but like it was like two eight five two five eight it was just like that it was like that's cool nobody gives a shit about that <laughs> nobody cares about cool numbers now because yeah. you just live in the you live in someone's contacts i wish I, I, again i wish i had the ability to just be able to pull num because like again that maybe even more impressive than knowing people's names I have a friend who actually can do that. You know, the the people who I've I've met in my life who are the most like politically adept are people who can recall your name like right when they meet you. Mm. And there's no like, yo, what's up, dude? <laughs> hey, man. Let me introduce you to my friend so that way he'll tell yeah. him your name and I can catch <laughs> yeah, it. Again. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and 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 by the way, God bless the people who like can feel that out and be like and like somehow work themselves in third person in an anecdote about themselves into your this conversation so you remember. It's like, oh, you don't remember me. Let me just uh, work my name into this conversation for you. So I have a friend who's very good at that, and I was like, dude, how do you do that? And he's like, you want to know what the secret is? I don't know. I was like, every time I meet someone new, I like get a picture with them or something like that, or I find them on Facebook. I have a Google Doc that is everybody I'm meeting and I drill myself every night, 20 minutes before I go to bed, flashcards. And I'm like, this person, and in some cases, if it's like important for my job, like I'll have like a little note about like, oh, they have a kid who's at this school or their kid plays like baseball or whatever. And just, I flashcards 20 minutes every night. I was like, jeez. That person wants to become a senator. Uh, uh, Yeah. Or, or just has found how useful that is because people like it when you remember the name, right? Like Dale Carnegie and all that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. I mean, like, just, it depends on what you spend your time on. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, what do you do before you go to bed? It's like, oh, I, I like scroll through Twitter for about ten minutes and then pass out with my phone in my hand. So I guess, I guess someone's using their time better than me. Yeah. Have you uh, have you heard of Joe Pena's new movie coming out? Yeah. 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 He made the jump. He made the move. He made the jump from YouTube to movies. And it's a and it's a great movie. From what Ron Tamio says, I ha- is it playing yet? I haven't been able to find. I think any. it's a limited release right now. Okay. So it it's got to be around that late somewhere. Yet. I'm sure. Um, and I, I think it is also hilarious that uh, it is. And congratulations for being the better of the two Arctic themed movies featuring <laughs> Matt Nicholson, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he was a. Polar? The yeah, Assassin movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there a part uh, in the middle where he plays instruments and in, like the various pieces of wreckage? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, like but you know what's, you know what's interesting? Like, one, congratulations to Joe. Uh, I've heard great stuff about the movie and I do want to check it out. And I love Matt Nicholson ever since um, all the stuff in Hannibal is like just. Have you have you guys seen um, Hannibal the TV show? No. Ren Fuller, Mads Mikkelsen plays Hannibal Lecter, and like your first response will be like, certainly, certainly, nobody is better than than our boy Sir Anthony Hopkins as being Hannibal. And then you watch this, and you're like, Anthony Hopkins can suck a dick. <laughs> like Mads Mikkelsen's bomb. He's really good. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing about Joe, right? And this is, I think, what we, I think, I think the meat of what we're going to get into here. Mm. Joe grew up on movies. Mm. We grew up on movies. We didn't grow up on YouTube. Right. No. In that that's what we weren't watching growing you know, in, in, in school. You see right through my segue plans. I see your segue plans. We grew up on movies. Freddie, we're trying to make movies and you're trying to make movies and or T V shows or whatever. No, no, well let's let's be broad. Non YouTube. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um Well why non YouTube? 
Because because everyone's got reasons. Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing. YouTube, every website has a context, right? When you look at the website when and that when that context is established, it is hard as hell for that website to change. To wit, when you go to Facebook, you're like, cool, Facebook is this. Facebook, if you'll recall, tried to be like, we're going to be the number one platform for planning events and parties and stuff. And they had all this stuff where like, invite your friends. Didn't really quite work. They were, we're going to be photos. Facebook was so bad at switching over to photos that they're like, cool, how much do we need to spend to buy Instagram? <laughs> we have to because nobody thinks of Facebook as a photo thing. And in the same way, Instagram's like, right? And in the same way, Snapchat is like, hey, Snapchat could be a place to watch premium vertical video. Co- nobody, no, I use this to, <laughs> yeah. I use this to text my friends. And, and by the way, not me because I'm not that age, <laughs> but that's what Snapchat was used for. So when a website gets set as its context, it's really hard to change. And YouTube got set as its context. And its context is personality driven, uh, fast, con- like, there's different aspects to it, but for the most part, right? Like the stuff that we, when, when you look at who are quote unquote popular YouTubers right now, personality driven, individual personality types, right? On YouTube. That's for the most part of what it is. And even the, even the ones who are doing like content in a, in a really interesting and pervasive way, like, like, like uh, you're like Captain Disillusions. Mm-hmm. Even then it's still, it's Captain Disillusion, right? In the same way, it's like if it was Mythbusters, it would be, no, it's, it's, it's Adam and Jamie from Mythbusters. There has to be sort of this personality side in front of it. Even the, even the, even the primitive technology dude is yeah. a silent, you know, avatar, but he's still in that, right? He's, his personality is showing through in his, when he turned on the closed captions. Mm-hmm. And, like I would, I mean, like even, and to give you another example, right? Like back when people were still watching this and tons of this stuff, uh, the the hydraulic press guy. Most of the comments are about the guy's maniacal laughter in the background as stuff is getting <laughs> crushed, right? So there's that personality driven stuff, and it's also content that's not necessarily narrative, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think that when we started, there was that, and there were people who were experimenting with that, and for the most part, now the narrative that you see is first person narrative. It's selfies, yeah. it's vlogs, definitely, it's, you know. So that's a type of narrative, and I'm not I'm not going to discount it because I think you know the way Casey Neistat can string together an interesting vlog is just as much a skill and a skill that's born from his years doing more traditional film and TV stuff, right, and documentary stuff. That's just as much as a skill as anything else is, but it's a different skill set, yeah, right. So when we when we got into it, and you so so when we talk about the context of YouTube, YouTube is that. And I think it's hard, and I think it started to solidify around that a little bit, and that's kind of what it is, you know? Yeah. And in the same way, Vine, the six-second funny videos, right? And you're not getting six-second, you know, intense emotional <laughs> stories. Not that you probably very difficult to do that in six seconds, but that's what Vine was, right? TikTok, you know, is, is sort of like the the, the, the evolution of, uh, of Vine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what YouTube is, and is, I think that is Is that not really something you want to be doing? No, I don't. I, don't, I mean, like, I think it's fun. Like, right, like there's, you gotta remember, right? Like, I think that, I think for a lot of people who watch stuff, it's, you know, you're generally a younger crowd. And I think it's hard for people to sort of get that around, you know, sort of wrap their heads around that, which is mm-hmm. the idea of like, just because something is fun doesn't mean that's something you wanna do, like, as something you wanna focus on as a career, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of stuff that's fun to it, my thousands of very stupid hobbies. Uh, <laughs> but, Right. Like there's, but I think there's, it has to grab you in a different way when it comes to a career standpoint. So, what would you say you want to do for your career? Well, you know, I think honestly, what we want to do is, is it's, a, it's, a, it's narrative storytelling, it's narrative filmmaking. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we found, at least something that I found when we did video game high school. Now, I will, I will note that I assume a lot of, a lot of folks who, uh, uh, there's a lot of folks who do not like that show. 
and who think that it was stupid and who think that it was uh, lame and that uh, we jumped the shark and everything sucked after that. You got a chip on your shoulder. <laughs> well, I, I, but I think that, but I think that's fair because, like, right, like the way that we were doing stuff was we were doing a bunch of fun short stuff, and then it was like here's a narrative thing, right? And it's also a narrative thing in the way that I don't think a lot of people necessarily expected, right? Mm-hmm. I think when we were always we always joke that the version of video game high school that was expected would be called Hardcore Gamer Academy, <laughs> and it would basically just be like a just like the shorts just strung out, right? Yeah. But you know, I think that that, uh, uh, but I think that when you look at that, and because he, here's why, because what I what, what I found with that was that it, like people still care about that, and I think it was much more gratifying for. Uh, from a creator standpoint to be able to like tell a narrative story arc with characters and to play in that world Um, to use a food analogy. I've often thought that like a lot of, you know, a lot of short videos, a lot of short stuff that that, uh, on YouTube is like, it's fun, but it's like popcorn, right? It's like, it's fun, but there's always, there's another thing and there's there's always other stuff and there's always fun viral videos coming out every, every other hour. Right. At this point, check out this dance, check out this thing, you know, check out this fine compilation, which is like, Good, fun, entertaining, um, but I think from to watch. But I think from the creation standpoint, it's a little bit dismaying because mm-hmm. you put something out, you see it, it hits, and then cut to a year later, and nobody remembers it. Like occasionally, right? There's some that people remember, but like, I mean, you tell me, right? When people come to you and talk to you about stuff, videos they've seen, what are like the top videos that people say for for things that they like? Oh, I loved X, right? That that like in general, that, or yeah, so? for corridor. That, oh that, boy, uh, there was just a post on the subreddit for clock blockers. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, that yeah. old one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's there's there's a lot to be yeah, honest. There's, yeah, yeah. there's, there's John a lot. Wick, Nerf Team Fortress. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, um, Tiny Guns. It's funny, like the most popular videos from a view perspective last year. Um, well, no, Tactical Reloads for sure. Tactical Reloads. Tactical, tactical Reloads. By the way, we're gonna we gotta make that sequel. It's it's Tac Two. Tac Two Cool Reloads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, but like I also feel like, but like, but the, I feel like there's still more that you've done that, like, for the most part, don't necessarily like stick in the way some well, of those yeah. other ones do. Especially right? coming out with them like every two weeks. Yeah, know? exactly. You know, and I, and I look at some of the you know the, the stuff that we were doing, you know, on the on the Freddie W side, and it was like, dude, you know, I think I think um, uh, what was it called? Well, uh, you want to build a house, and you don't want to just make like plastic cool. tarp tents. You know what I mean? You yeah, want and you can make some cool tents. You want to build something? Like, that- I love that tent. But you want to build a house you can live in from a character standpoint. Because, again, the most gratifying thing from a career standpoint was doing three seasons of Video Game High School. Oh, yeah, Really totally. getting to dig into. And by the third season being like, here's what we can do with this character. And seeing how people, like, stick to that and, and, and react to that. It's less about, to me, it's about being able to get away from yourself as a personality, which I've always hated. Mm-hmm. And putting that attention from the audience side onto the stuff you're making and onto that world that you're creating and onto the characters. When people talk more about, oh my God, I love this character, that to me is much more satisfying. Like the, when, when we go out and, you know, and, like, and Jimmy gets pulled aside because everyone's like, oh, Ted, you're Ted in you know, Vigam High School. And like people are like, I guess you, wait, were you the, were you, were you the dad? <laughs> or something? I'm like, that is perfect for me. I love that. I hate, like I don't like being the center of attention of that stuff. Do you why, know what I mean? Why is that? Yeah. Why is that though? Because I mean, in, in a, I feel like a lot of people watching the content watched you be the center of attention and thought that you were doing a really good job. But like, that's what kind of drew them to it. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I don't. I don't discount the fact that like that's what I think people get attracted to in terms of like YouTube stuff. 
But I think me personally, it's like I again when I was in when I was in uh, like high school, it was like I was this big camera nerd. I was a big editing nerd. I loved doing that stuff. I loved putting my friends in front of camera and doing stuff with that more so than being. I don't know. I just don't, I just never liked the. Was it a surprise to you that you ended up kind of blowing up as a personality? Like so that was that ever expected? But I think. But I think that here's the thing though. I think the personality that I play is a character. Oh yeah. Right. And and but it's a character to I think a greater extent than. To a greater extent than when you say a vlogger is playing a character, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I've met, you know, we've met a lot of these vloggers, and for the most part, they're playing a mildly amplified version of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't turn the camera off, light up a cigarette, and be like, "Hey, boys," ah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like they're not. <laughs> yeah. They are basically that, and then on camera, they're plussed. Right? They're also same, not spinning same, around doing headshots and like freaking. It's like, but like, yeah, the, but the character scenes. I'm playing is a yeah. very like it's 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 a very Charlie Chaplin esque like it's a doofy dude. Who like right, if you look at the narrative thread through a lot of those old videos, it is guy stuck in a situation that is like out of his. It's like Jackie Chan a little bit, mm-hmm. right? It's a little bit like in over his head, like oh no, like uh, underdog yeah. kind like of nerdy Jackie Chan. who happens to be really tactical. When he wants, to yeah, be yeah, tactical nerdy. But even <laughs> then, tactical chance. <laughs> but like even then, but again, like to, to to like dig into like the specifics of those character beats, right? Like even then, though, like in head in like uh, aimbot, when like I finally do a bunch of stuff you get a brief reaction of like, oh, cool, right? Like, oh, wow. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not like, now I'm the cool badass. Like, right? Because that's, I don't think that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Was that something that was, that kind of formed naturally? Or was was that actually like kind of preconceived, planned? I mean, I like, like, I how did like, that come about, actually? I think it's always been the back and forth and collaboration with Brandon when we were talking about that stuff. Right? Okay. Because we were always like, I think we were always like in a situation where it was like, you know, what can, what is interesting? I think we're always, we're goofy. You know what I mean? So it wasn't ever like, let's do the, the coolest, baddest, baddest ass thing that we can. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, I, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that if it, if it, if it was, there'd be a lot more cool lightsaber fights. <laughs> <laughs> um, not by the way, I love cool lightsaber fights. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying we would have done a lot more cool lightsaber choreography. <clears throat> <clears throat> like, like, okay. So like, for example, I think that like, it was always, it was always like, how can you twist it? How can you have a little bit of a button to it? So it's not just, here's a bunch of, dudes getting murdered right Mm -hmm. like so one of the first videos that we did that guy got attention was chrono trigger right the time freeze shoe that one so what's interesting there is like to me it's like up until the very last beat of that short it's a well throughout it is kind of a it's it's goofy right it's like i'm walking along i call time out but the very end of it to me is like what sells that short to me it's not it's i come around the corner i do like a you know a cool close range cqb Remember the basics of CQC, uh, like, you know, a uh, gun <laughs> thing. I chew the bunch of guys. And then the reaction isn't like, move on tactically, you know, like it's, yes, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a goofy, like kid, like sort of thing. And it's that contrast of like, here's a really cool tactical thing. But it's like, and this guy kind of thinks it's cool. It's like, oh yeah, I did it. You know, like it's sort of a self-celebratory thing. And that's, I think what, what that character is, you mm-hmm. know, more than anything else. Uh, it's being able to, it's being able to, 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 to take a step back from that. And, and, you know, again, like I, I will say, throughout the course of both the Frey W era and the rocket jump era, right? Like there's been a sort of up, there's been experimentation with that. And there's, I, I honestly think there's times when I'm like, I think that worked well. And there's times where I'm like, oh, I don't think that works as good. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I look now looking back at some of the videos, where I'm like, I don't know if that's, it doesn't quite feel right. And I don't know why, you know, it's right or wrong or whatever, but it's just like, I just didn't like, eh, it doesn't quite play. in I think the way that, uh, yeah. some of the older ones did. Well, you know? you know, I think about that a little more and honestly, it's, you're just, you're just bringing to life the gamer archetype. You know, that, right. that's really what was happening there. You know, imagine you play a video game, you scale mountain, you slay a bunch of dragons and then you win a bunch of gold and you're like, nice. Yeah. Sweet. It's, you know, because the that, reaction. Yeah. Because yeah, the reaction to that isn't 
now I'm this. Like that's the thing when we were doing video game high school, right? That was the thing that we think about a lot, which was everybody for even even to this day, they still get, I think, the gamer mentality wrong, which is they think, cool, now that I'm good at playing a flight sim, now I can be a pilot, right? It's the mm-hmm. last Starfighter uh, like story arc, right? Well, I mean, maybe a little, maybe a little bit, a little bit, a little I mean, bit. But but the point is, though, now <laughs> and even for us, it's like when I'm playing Battlefield, I'm not like cool. Let me join the military. <laughs> I'm like cool. I'm good at Battlefield. Cool. Right. I'm good at Quake. So that was actually really important to us when we were like putting together the idea of like kind of how the world of the video game side of video game high school worked, which was cool. They're good at video games. That's it. They don't need to be recruited by the government. They don't need to be real, you know, and it's like, no, they're good at video games. And that's what, that's where that line is. And because that is cool. And that is something that is worth aspiring to. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we, when we look, when we were looking at that, we're just like, yeah, this, this person's just good at video games and they are fine with that. And it's like, and the universe is fine with that. The universe yeah. doesn't feel the need to be like, and because you're good at MMOs, now you're going to do this real thing. It's like, no, no, no. The real thing sucks. We're here for the video game side of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think when when we were talking about sort of those early days uh, 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 videos, it was it was very much about how can you do something that's entertaining? Because again, like I think people forget too. Because I mean, you, we both kind of grew up on the special effects forums mm-hmm. of of some of the software packages that we have used in the past. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen a lot of like let's be honest, Matrix ripoffs. And mm-hmm. you know, we've all been guilty of doing our own Matrix <laughs> ripoffs. Like the amount of trench coats that were sold, the amount of trench coats and airsoft guns that were sold to teenagers around the airsoft. Specifically cheap plastic desert Cheap eagles. plastic desert eagles. My <laughs> goodness. The and, spike in sales. Desert eagles, 1999. Neo shades from eBay. Neo <laughs> shades from eBay. Do you realize how long it took for me to find, try and find the, the, the phone that clicks out from the Matrix? The, really? You know, and it doesn't click out like that. They kind of added that. Yeah, I know, right? Anyway, the Nokia banana phone, as they called it. <laughs> um, but like, right, we've seen a lot of like cool videos. There's, there's a bunch of cool videos. And, you know, you, and, uh, to wit, when you, there's a bunch of very good VFX like demo reels that people yeah. put together, right? Uh, half of them are video copilot tutorials, specifically the Bullet Dodge one. But the other yeah. half, like some of them are really well done, better than I think anything I've ever done. And then like, and, you, you don't, and they don't get passed around. People don't sort of build a sort of thing around it because I think that there's just like, just cool stuff online. It's just, there's really kind of nothing there. Yeah. Right. It needs to really be something that you either grasp onto on an emotional level, either makes you laugh, either makes you sort of attracts you in an emotional sense, or it needs to be just like so mind blowingly cool that you have to share it. Right. But, but that threshold's pretty high. Yeah. So I think for us, you know, cause I think the secret of our stuff was the VFX were not the most intense VFX on the internet. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you guys do far, far, far more, more beautiful, <laughs> more put together stuff. Right. We do. I always joked when people are like, Freddie, like a VFX guy. I'm like, I feel like I am. I'm like, I feel like that would be a, a David Copperfield coming up to me. I'm like, you're the best at this trick. Like the, <laughs> finger, the finger trick. I'm like, it's just the little thing. It's not my thumb. I'm just doing the finger trick with my thumb. And it's like, you're the best at it. I was like, well, no, I mean, it's just this little thing that we do, you know, i.e. <laughs> I, I, I feel kind of like a little bit uh, like of an imposter mm-hmm. compared to, I think, real, you know, visual effects folks, um, uh, folks who, who, who understand that and who really can do just anything in, in that world. And I think for us, where we put our skill tree points, so to speak, <laughs> was more in like, what's a funny little situation or what's a funny sort of character that we can tell? And mm-hmm. I think, by the way, that and I think that works pretty well because you look at right now, you look. You look at what is the state of what is like narrative sketch comedy yeah. on YouTube. I would say it started with guys like Derek Comedy, and those guys are like you know who have gone on, 
you know, Donald Glover, who was, you know, early sketch comedy YouTube days, right? Mm-hmm. Who has gone on to actual success, SNL, those guys, right? Good Neighbor, those guys who have gone to SNL. There's that world of sort of more traditional sketch translated to online. There's kind of like a little bit our era, which was like uh, digital, having a, a effects component, taking advantage of sort of online stuff, gamer terminology, sort of that world of sort of nerd them into it a little bit. And then you look at now, which is heavily into the you know, world of like referential topical kind of humor. And instead of a sketch about it, it is, you know, I think it's like it is the very excellent stuff that like someone is doing, like ProZD is doing, mm-hmm. right? But you look at the in terms of just camera stuff, that is it's a first person camera. It's it's you know, I think there's a lot of guys kind of in that archetype of like, you know, it's a character, you're playing multiple characters, very minimalistic in terms of yeah. props, very minimalistic in terms of additional stuff. And it's kind of funny because when we look at that, we're just like, man, I you know, I was looking at a lot of that stuff the other day and be like, man, like if if I, if I was to take that same idea. And do a video. I'm like, I'm already, I'm already lost because I'm already thinking, oh well, it needs to look like this, and it needs to be this and this. And it's like, well, it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't well, really because you, as, as you see, what's being passed around, what people are watching is like, it will. If this this comes back to, I think, what you're talking about with YouTube, I guess, defining itself as a platform because you know, what's that other guy like Ian Krung or Krung Ian? Or something, yeah, something Ian. Like, the yeah, guy, yeah, the guy who looks like a older version of my younger brother. Yeah, Jimmy. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like I freak he, out sometimes. I see a thumbnail. I'm like, Jimmy's. Oh no, that's Ian. <laughs> yeah, his, his stuff. It's like him and ProZD are like kind of a little bit similar in the sense <clears throat> they kind of tap into that narrative space without without this like baggage of having to you know make it look like. Well, it's a little bit Vine influenced, right? Yeah, it's so a little yeah. bit like where the camera movement itself can be a part of the joke, like at the end, like a little shit. Yeah, and even uh, what is it, on uh, Evan Breen? Mm-hmm. Remember he made like uh, L.A. Turtle. L.A. Turtle. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but it's fascinating because this, that's that's a topic we were just discussing over here too, where um, you know, we come from that film background, or at least you know the film aspiration. You know that, that that's aspirational got, film background. Yeah. Aspirational <laughs> film background, exactly. Well, um, but you know, you you very frequently get caught up in wanting to make something look the right way because like, or or suddenly that 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 way of communicating through film is part of the joke yeah, you yeah, know yeah. where it's like oh but it's funny because it looks like a blockbuster movie it's like right, well hold right, on right. like that's that's not a joke yeah you're you right the, the the texture of film is something that we both have borrowed on quite a bit yeah right? the idea of doing some widescreen bars as part of the joke and part of the texture and the language of that visual is part of it and it's the equivalent and maybe it is the equivalent of like props in a stand-up routine. Maybe you can just stand on stage and deliver jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think that, that well, even even like Logan Paul still uses that widescreen joke pretty frequently, you know, yeah, in his vlogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so the thing is, is that. It, but I think the problem is, is that like it has that value. You know, that film mm-hmm. background, that that cinema language has the value, but but it has the same value as like an art exhibit, you know, uh, finding value in the fact that it has walls and lights. Yeah. yeah you know, it's it, like, okay, you're, for, you're right. It helps box us in, but ultimately you still need something yeah. there. And, then, and the question is for the audience, right? It's about, it's about how the modes of consumption, right? Cause I think yeah. for a lot of people, I always, I try to watch the Oscar short films every year. And I literally, I have the exact same thought process, which I guarantee you, you guys have had too, which is you look at it and you're like, 34 minutes? That's not short. That's not short. That's a TV show. I'm not going to, man. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I think this is this is my theory. Nobody really wants to watch a short film. <laughs> like, if they're going to commit, they're going to watch an episode of TV. Mm-hmm. So it takes quite a bit to get someone to watch a short film, right? And I think that, like, like there was a there's a Vine influence there. There's a world where you're like, oh, we can just tell the joke, and it's about the delivery and about the person telling it. Yeah. And that still gets it across. And actually... That's more consumable. I can 
watch it. I can get on with my day. I don't necessarily need to feel like I can turn my sound up and I can turn off and it's fine. Right. Like it's, I think that there's something, something to that in terms of the way that people have shifted with regards to comedic videos on mm-hmm. YouTube, you know? Yeah. And I think that, and I'm not saying that we're a relic of an age gone by, but we're a little bit like, you know, a little bit of a, a relic of ages gone by because you look again at the Derek comedy sketches and you look at those and you're like, I could see some of these maybe working. You know, I think some of these do work still like forever and ever. But then there's also a whole world from that sketch comedy world where you're like, oh, yeah, like this would not really play as well, I think, anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, arguably like like Gus Johnson. Yeah. Fantastic Gus, yeah. comedian personality actor on YouTube. Some of his videos get a million views. Most of them get like 500, 600,000 views. It's like this guy is arguably one of the best mm-hmm, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you think you'd have a huge audience for it, but that's just really not what the platforms. I think it also and also depends. Honestly, like right now, it was it was less so when we were doing it, but now more so than ever is the the influence of Reddit mm-hmm. is significant. When we started, Dig.com was still a thing, mm-hmm. and we actually got yeah. in. We actually knew some of these Dig.com right when Dig. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Dig.com imploded because they were revealed that there were secret cabals of information brokers who would trade front page time with each other and they would basically round robin front page time. We met some of those guys Mm -hmm. and they were like, I remember at the time they were like, you do some VFX for us. uh, We can get this Jedi a-holes video on the dig.com front page. Like, okay, sure. I guess really. And then it was like two weeks later they're like, dig.com is no longer a thing. Everyone's gone. Like, well, that was shortly. Um, but, like, but like the influence of Reddit is a big part of it, right? So you look at the guys that people have heard of, they're getting time on our videos, you know, mm-hmm. because their stuff is getting posted, right? Pure Technology got a huge boost as a oh, result. R slash videos. R, yeah, R slash videos. What did I say? Our, I mean, our videos, I thought, O-U-R. Video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In a way, they are ours as the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, right. Like so, there's there's people there who, right? I, you can you can point to oh they're they're getting a big boost and in influence from that, and that's a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then for and, and I think like everything, it comes and goes, right? They come in, they fall out of favor. I was talking to um, some of the Rooster Teeth guys, and they were joking that they were like, man, it sucks because like we have stuff I think that would actually work well on like our videos or like front page Reddit, but because it gets posted by our fans on our subreddit first. <laughs> There's like, you know, algorithmically it like doesn't go to videos because the the main one is on their subreddit, which is like, which is great. We love it. But it also means that you're not getting a new group of people to it. So that was like always that push and pull. Right. And I don't know. I think that that's a day to day grind. And I think that you can it's about how much time you spend working on stuff and what you want to focus on. And less and less, the older I get, the less I care about being like, okay, cool. What's the thing we have to be doing to be on the front page of Reddit? What's the thing we have to be doing to stay relevant? What's the thing we, you know, it's like, cause I feel like you're just never going to win that. Mm-hmm. Eventually is it is a tide, right? Eventually that wave overtakes you. What doesn't, I think what doesn't change is what got us in the movies in the first place. It's, I want to focus on what's a compelling story. What's an interesting way of telling this narrative? How do you craft a character and put them in a place that leads to good narrative, like like narrative consequences. What's interesting, like to me, that's like a thousand times more interesting. It's more gratifying, and it's not something that you feel like you. It's a craft that you can actually work at, as opposed to what feels like an industry you have to keep on top of. So, would you say you're done with the internet video game? No, because like at the end of the day, too, it's like it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the same way, like I'm not done with doing this, doing <laughs> thumb tricks, you know. In the same way, you know, I, I think that like the, fo- but the focus is you have to be honest with yourself about what the focus is. You know, mm-hmm. I think that when we were doing, you know, I, I, we were unhealthy when we were doing 
short videos in mm-hmm. order to keep up with that. We were doing one a week and we were pulling an all nighter every week. I've my sleep doctor has told me like that has affected you. Your <laughs> sleep is now affected for the rest of your life as a result of that. Wow. And it's like, oh, cool. Was it worth it? I don't know. Hmm. Right. Like it's, in, in what way? Well, there's like it's one. It's not healthy. Uh, it screws with your sleep schedule. I got weird sleep issues now. Like, I mean, one, it's a good side effect, but not as a side effect. I can fall asleep like instantaneously now. Like when wow. I lie down for bed, people are like, "Oh, you toss and turn." It's like I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, wow. I was going out with I was going out with a girl, and I was like, "Could you time me how long it takes for me to fall asleep?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." So she was like, we were, we were like laying down. And there's and then like the next day I'm like how how fast did I fall asleep there she's like literally you stopped your sentence I counted to ten and you were gone <laughs> like ten seconds I was full so like, really? holy cow wow. yeah and it's I would imagine just like simply knowing you're being timed is it gonna mess with you it did but... not I was like all right so let me know let me know what yeah it's gone right like holy cow so I mean, consider that a good thing. But there's other stuff too. Like I get weird spurts of time. Anyway, it's, we only again to my medical history. But my point <laughs> is, my point is, it's not healthy to pull an all nighter like that. I didn't realize. I, I didn't realize it would have like lasting effects though. That's that's mind blowing. Yeah, feel like I mean, after, that, I feel like if you had a few years of good sleep to try and like yeah. <laughs> recover or something. But no, I mean, we were living wild though. You know what I'm saying? We were living wild, huffing wild diesel energy. dust, huffing <laughs> diesel dust and energy drinks. Yeah, Nico and I were living toppling, in a hammock for a while, toppling yeah. towers separately, of but hammocks. Did you see my uh, hammock stand? I did. Great hammock stand. Thanks. I do. I look fondly upon my time sleeping in a hammock. Yeah, uh, it was good sleep. They say it's a great way to not get back soreness. It is, and also we, I was in the hammock when an earthquake hit, and it was oh, a yeah. very strange experience. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't healthy, is my point, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, and more than not healthy, it's not sustainable, right? Right? Like you're not gonna just you're not gonna pull an all nighter every week until like you die at the tender age of thirty three. You know, yeah. like <laughs> so. Do you see? Do you see Rocket Trump still doing internet videos at all, or do you think? No, you we are... still do, but like, but like where, but where we've shifted is we're doing things that we can sink our teeth into a little so, bit more. So, so Rocket Jump is more of a like actual narrative production. Yeah. So like, well, so like, I think that, like for example, the last year we did a, a series called Anime Crimes Division mm-hmm. with um, someone. And that was a lot of fun. And that felt like a thing where I'm like, cool, this was this was the mode. Like that was the mode where I was like, I felt comfortable at home. We were telling stories in a way, you know, and again, like uh, there was a lot of very fun jokes. We joked that like that one, that show is a lot like if you okay, let me let me give you my theory on stuff, which is I think in order to make something good, you have to love the thing that you're sort of making. You also have to kind of hate it a little bit. Like there needs to be a little bit of hate in there, like in the yeah. yes or yin yang, just like a little dot of it. Because yeah. what that hate gives you is it gives you a little bit of perspective on it to be like, yeah, but this is, yeah, this is. I want to do it this. I, I don't like this. I want to do this better, right? As opposed to just wholeheartedly embracing whatever it is, right? I think the best, like when I look at fan films, I think the biggest problem, the biggest like error that a lot of fan filmmakers make is they love their source material so much that they can't see past it right yeah, i think that's really insightful and i think like for example what's the best batman film dark knight right it's the it's it's the christopher nolan run mm-hmm. why is that so good is because if you look at christopher nolan christopher nolan's a serious ass film capital s a yeah. serious ass filmmaker he does not mess around and he is like really intense about like his work right mm-hmm. you think christopher nolan looked at batman and was like oh i love this this decade crusader nothing i'll change nothing i love it it's amazing no he took liberties with it. And he was like, you know what? I, uh, his way of approaching Joker, right? Everyone was like, when Heath Ledger was cast, people were like, fuck this. This is going <laughs> to suck. Heath Ledger sucks. He's a heartthrob. This idiot doesn't know what he's doing. 
But I think Christopher Nolan harbored just a little bit of distance from Batman to be able to be like, this is dumb. I'm going to change this. I'm going to do it this way instead. And what you get is something that's great, mm-hmm. right? I think anything that you do, you have to have a little bit. So like Anime Crimes, I'm not comparing, not comparing this at all to anything. But my point is, <laughs> Anime Crimes Division for us was like, I love anime, but also deep down a little bit, it's like, there's a lot of dumb shit about anime, <laughs> which is fine. You have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge that whole. So for us, that series is like a love letter to anime but it's also like a little bit hey come on though right this is kind of dumb right so we we and someone um and riley who was also in a video game high school sort of uh we, that was that was our that was like the show that we did last year where i was like okay this feels like this is an online thing this is for online um it, you know it works in this sort of online context and we're having fun with it and it feels gratifying to put together a little choreographed fight scene in the context of a narrative and it's the climax of a character arc you know and it's it's a lot more fun that way. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, especially with action, I think there's a lot of times action just on its own is kind of boring. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, even the best made action scenes are kind of boring. And even when people look at, like, John Woo and they're like, well, what about this? It's like, no. John Woo's action scenes are crafted on a character level 100%. Yeah. The end of The Killer is about two brothers on different <laughs> sides of the law coming together finally after an entire movie to do something righteous. And they're in a church. Right? Like, that's the kind of uh, depth that you need because it's like, you know, like we could sit here and do like fun action scenes all day, but it's way more satisfying when you have it in the context. The Matrix, right? When Neo decides to not run and do a fight, like you're in the back of your seat. You're just like, holy shit, he's going to fight this. And you, and you built an entire movie worth of context for why that fight is important and why that fight is intense. And then you're on the edge of your seat when they're doing it because you know what's sort of involved and emotionally what's important uh, on a character level for everybody involved in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know that is like i think a thousand times more gratifying and Definitely. and uh and i think it's hard to get that context in uh in in a short video i think you guys did an excellent job of doing that for um uh, uh anim- the anime uh car race oh you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah because right but in in the, but in, and in that case you guys are borrowing sort of the anime ability to flashback mid scene because as you're going it's like you're getting all of this you know ridiculous but you're getting all the character context through the course of that thing i think that's mm-hmm. my favorite video uh, of anything you guys have, have ever done in my opinion that's my favorite that. quarter <laughs> video. and i have a lot of favorites but i love that video because it also managed to get like you're, you're like you come in being like cool it's going to be a bunch of like you know anime stuff but then you're just like oh my god it's a story about a kid and his father and his father <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a whole thing there and then you get all that all the way through which is like again like that to me that to me is quintessential good internet video Granted, my opinion of that stuff has changed with regard is is different than yeah. what the opinion of the times is, but that's a good internet video. That's premium internet. Thanks. You man. can get regular internet videos. You can find regular internet videos everywhere. Go to Reddit, go find them, scroll through them, regular internet videos. But if you want that premium internet video, those are hard to find. And when you <laughs> find them, you're just like, mm, 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 no, I love it. <laughs> but they're hard to find. They are hard to find. Like I remember Remember when you have like gems that you trade back and forth with your friends? Yeah. Like, this gem of a video. No one's seen anything like this before. Now it's like, there's, I don't add videos to my favorites anymore because they're all kind of the same old thing. Yeah. You know, and I think I a, mean, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot like of them, memes. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them, a lot of them will lose their context or lose some kind of what makes them funny in that moment in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's less, it's, it's, it's less so. I mean, I think there's something to be said for the disposability of Vine that 
what's more popular is long compilations of these vines yeah as a, right like because again it's, a, it's an ease of use thing but it's also like yeah when i sit down to watch a vine video i'm expected to just get assaulted every six seconds by a big visceral joke a belly laugh and then i move on how many times have you started a vine compilation and been like did i watch this one yet <laughs> i think i've watched this one. Oh, maybe not because you can use it a little bit there's you know a little bit forgettable which is again it's it's like i think i look at it like comics right like the like the like in in, in newspapers right mm-hmm. it's like vine was a comic panel it's a three panel comic right it's yeah. a joke that gets thrown in there it's not you don't compare it to a novel you don't compare it to a movie i mean that's honestly how i would describe the videos that you guys made back in the day too yeah like three pound comics mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and by the way uh three pound comics are amazing it's absolutely its own art form i think that I think that's interesting. When I think about comics, I think about you know the OG, the the hero of comics, which would be Bill Watterson, mm-hmm. right? The guy who created Calvin and Hobbes. And when you look at what he did with the Sunday panels, when you looked at the kind of when he got to the point of editorial control, the control that he had, and be able to be like, I want to do a full page that's a beautiful watercolor because I know how to fucking watercolor. <laughs> this is what Bill Watterson sounds like, by the way. It's like, listen, nerds, <laughs> I'm gonna paint a big ass watercolor, and you're gonna print that shit. And all the newspaper publishers were like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, no problem. And he was the only one that could get away with that, right? But he could do these incredible art pieces. And, and he pushed that comics medium in a way that nobody was even thinking about. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is like, that's a guy who loves that medium and also is willing to kind of try and push beyond that medium a little bit. And I think about that a lot because it's like, cool, I love doing online videos, but it's like, I want to do more with it. And I think you can do more. And I think, you know, obviously context in the same way that newspapers as a context for comics has changed and is, you know, what it is now in the world of web comics. I think with, with online video, I just think a lot of the stuff that is popular and trends and is shared is less and less in line with what I think is interesting as a filmmaker. Yeah. And everything changes, you know? Yeah, everything changes. It's not, and again, it's not a good or a bad thing. Like, oh, it sucks. It's like, no, no, no. That's just the evolution of it. Because we we jumped on the train during a period of that evolution. And that evolution, you know, had... And we saw a lot of changes over the course of even the time that we were there. I mean, I remember there was a time when people were like, there will never be another vlogger anymore. <laughs> and this was pre-Jenna Marbles. People were like, there's no more vloggers. Like, every, vlogging's played out, dog. Shay Carl got that on lock. It's played out. It's like, no, not true. Stuff changes. A new generation comes in as well, right? Different group of kids come in, the group of kids who are watching. I think about things, again, I've talked about this before, but I think about things in four-year increments, mm-hmm. right? Anyone who started watching our videos when we started to 2010, 2014, you're from high school to college at that point. And then after a certain point, you're from college to graduating college. Those are very distinct periods of your life. Even, you, know, you don't necessarily even have to go to college, but yeah. graduating high school, from beginning of high school to end of high school, that's a, you're different, mm-hmm. Right. What you are inter- interested in is different, right? You talk to any senior and be like, hey, you want to do something that these freshmen are doing? They'll <laughs> slap you in the face and call you a, a doofus. Yeah. That's, what, that's how the kids talk. They'll dab in your face and, 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 and kick you in the nuts and floss. The only exception how is many Halo dentists, Land parties. How are dentists not getting on the flossing thing? Maybe they are. Maybe they are. I mean, when was the last Dude, time you dentist. saw your dentist? I, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> I want to find. Please tweet at us. Please tweet at us. What's your Twitter again? We never use it. What? It's quarter digital. We never use it. We tweet at me. Tweet at F1. Tweet at Freddy. <laughs> Give me examples of dentists who have used flossing in embarrassing ways. Like, I want a dentist. I just want the story. Someone's like, yeah, I'll sit in there. And he's like, oh, you've been. Uh, oh, yeah. I see you haven't flossed much. 
Uh, I, I'm sure you do though in that though in that that the Fortnite though. You gotta do a little less in the Fortnite and more in the gums. Make sure you get underneath the gum line to get all the plaque I'm and bacteria. Sure Fortnite themed dental floss. Oh my god! Wait, really? I mean, like, come on. How is there? If there's how on. how can a two and a half billion dollar game not like license? Can I, can a I look that up? Is that bad podcast? Also, your dentist no. impression is like kind of scary close to a Hank Hill impression. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Bobby. Just, you just you you gotta a, search for that Fortnite, Fortnite dental, dental floss. floss. <laughs> There's the first answer is Fortnite Dental Floss Dance. No. Guys. How guys? Are, guys, we just found it. We found oh it. We're billionaires. God. We did it. We found it. Billionaires. <laughs> no, thousand heirs. Do you probably. know anyone in the American <laughs> <laughs> Do you know anyone in the American Dental Association? We need to get like, get them on the phone right now. Yeah. Because we got ourselves the next billion dollar idea. Oh my gosh. Fortnite themed dental. Do you know any, I don't know any dentists? Kid, everyone's gonna be flossing, all the kids. And then, and then I they, mean, they got like maybe two months before Apex t- takes it over. Then <laughs> <laughs> we gotta hop on that fast. Gotta get on that train, guys. <laughs> Do you guys think Apex is gonna have any legs? I I I love it. I've I played a little. It's bit fun, last night. but do you think it's gonna stick around? Here's the problem, Nico. If you when you play Fortnite the first time, if you if someone asks you that question, you'd be like, uh, no, Nico. <laughs> I I don't bet on horses. I ride them. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that's got to be chiseled on your gravestone, right? There we go. I'm quoting that. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a good ism. That's a good one, Sam. Just saying. Who knows? Who I knows mean, is the answer. There's, and I like, hope there's so. a new video game every year that like becomes. Well, it so here's a question Minecraft for you. Minecraft is PUBG. It's this. Here's a I question mean, for you. So this is an interesting question. So. All of our entire, all of the game types that we know and love now, Battle Royale, right? They're based heavily in the fact that they were modded, modded right. community, right? So Dota and also Dota Chess now, right? Um, <laughs> have you heard about Dota Chess? <laughs> Holy shit, my man. Well, I've, I've sent Sam into it. It's so <laughs> dumb sounding. <laughs> but it's the, it's, the, it's the Dota variant that's sweeping the world. Um, but right, they're all based in modding communities, yeah. right? So like, Battle Royale type was because uh, uh, Player Unknown was doing it for Arma and right. then went on to do it for uh, the zombie H1Z1. H1Z1, right? That's a mod. And also, like, Minecraft, that was a mod. Like, Battle Royale was like a mod mode and then Hunger Games mods, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you even go farther back, Team Fortress is a Quake mod. Counter Strike was, um, uh, was a Half Life mod? Yeah, Half Life yeah. mod, right? So, modding. Clearly, is a way to for people to experiment with new game types in a environment that is not like you know that allows them to experiment and allows them to evolve it, right? Yeah, exactly. So now that there's, but I think modding is on the downturn. There's mm-hmm. less and less people that are playing PC games, which is kind of necessary for modding. There's fewer and fewer people who uh, there's fewer developers who open up their games in that way. So where are these new game types going to come from if that if that life spring is getting plugged up? Well, gosh, that's a great question. I mean, Unity? Gmod still has a solid community, that's for sure. And I mean, Minecraft obviously has a huge community. I mean, yeah. Minecraft mods, like, gosh. No, but game engines, Unity, Unreal, like. So you just... think that people need to go down to? So game engines will come up to the point. Actually, that's an actually, point, I think yeah. that's I think probably the real solution here because arguably they're already at that point. Unity, yeah. you know, you can get that in Unreal for free, and it's like. That's like, I mean, that's kind of the same amount of work that goes, the same amount of work that went into making the Battle Royale mod for Armor 3, like, is not much different than just hopping into 
like Unity or Unreal, and just kind of building up. So really, something. what it is? So really, what it is to me? It sounds like those engines need to have very robust, easy to use, like multiplayer stuff, yeah. right? Because like that. The but that's day, that's, like, that's, that's how it works with you know the asset store for yeah, Unity. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you just literally can bring in a first person shooter module that handles all your camera controls and all your stuff like that, and gives you your rudimentary weapons and items, and you, then you can just tweak it. So from that's there. that's where that's where the new sandbox is, so to speak. Yeah. That's interesting. I can see that. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't. I don't think that fully answers the question, but it's in in a way. It's kind of like the modding community. It's like it. It, the door swung open. Yeah. In, in a much wider way, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like the two big, or honestly, I feel like the biggest thing that we've seen change in video games in the past year or two years here is learning to give your character's life some stakes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, in multi in the multiplayer context, right, right, right. We're talking about this. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, like learning to make. Figuring out a way to make their make drama behind your death, um, because I mean I've talked about this before, but the gameplay of the gameplay of a game like Halo, where you can just run and die, respawn, run and die, respawn, or yeah. or Call of Duty, like those are literally just go in and spar and see how many people you can punch before you get punched. Yeah, and you can maybe punch one or two. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then the older you get, the less more the closer that is to zero than it is to one. <laughs> right now, think of an army. Where the soldiers just run in and see how many people they can shoot before they get shot. <laughs> like, right, right. That's right. not how tactics work. Right. And you can't have tactics in that situation. You can yeah. only have tactics when no, you have value to when, your Yeah, when you have value to your life. Yeah. And Battle Royale modes brought that. They brought value to your character's life. It's yeah. your life that you're playing for. And there's, a, for there's a, and there's a gradient, right? Because right. like when you talked about Day Z, it was on the far extreme because you lose everything. You've invested X hours. Everything is gone. That's the far end extreme. Mm-hmm. Battle Royale is like, cool, you lose 40 minutes if you're waiting to the end, but you're starting afresh. Your death is permanent in this within the context of this game time. Yeah. Right. And arguably, that's why we spent so much time playing Escape from Tarkov. Yeah. You know, yeah, because Tarkov actually does that. Well, RPG with a little bit of permadeath, a little bit in there, all of a sudden becomes really like, oh shit, like I gotta, I can't die. Yeah. Well, you can't do realistic gun simulation. That's true. If you're not going to simulate the value of life. That's true. That's true. Because, uh, because if you, it, because people do act, like I remember he- hearing about um, talking to some of our friends who have been in the shit, so to speak. And they're like, oh yeah, it's, you don't just rush in. It's, <laughs> you, cause you don't want to die. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. but here's the thing, though. There's one other, one last element, which Tarkov doesn't manage to do, and that is the element of deciding to not kill people. That's because true. Because right now, all these games are simply like... Oh, the reward is 100% kill this person. Yes, exactly. And I still have never played a multiplayer game that gives you the option to shoot anyone, and then also given it gives you like really good reason to not do that too yeah that's a good point because i feel like i mean or maybe that's just like people right it's just like dude everyone just secretly wants to just murder everyone <laughs> i mean who knows but uh you know i just but no that's a good point there is no the, well it's a reward system right yeah. the rewards in like even in tarkov it's like i could it's the risk reward is too great it's like cool i could not kill this person or if i kill them i get their dog tag or whatever equipment they have and that's worth it versus them shooting me in the back and i lose everything right, right? yeah why well, wouldn't and in, in maybe in, in a basic sense it's because the games you know they're not we're not dealing with games programmed to really get that far because effectively killing someone is action and not killing them is inaction and you don't play games for inaction so I mean yeah I don't know yeah. where that goes <laughs> all I know is that I'm waiting for somebody to make a King of the Hill video game based on the Arma mod I'm waiting for someone to make a King of the Hill game based on the King of the Hill universe <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Hank is on top of it oh got it. <laughs> you gotta collect propane. 
King of the Hill would be awesome. King of the Hill would be good. For those not uh, familiar with King of the Hill, uh, it's it's an awesome Armor 3 mod. You should check it out. But basically, it's uh, it's basically a game where there's like a huge city, and then there's multiple spawn points that are miles away from that city where that battle zone is. And uh, you have respawns. and But but uh, the way you get to that city is especially cool because you're basically buying and purchasing shoppers, jeeps, vehicles. And so... Uh, the journey to the battle zone is half the fun in yeah. the game. Yeah. And this King of the Hill, I'm trying to think, where was the first King of the Hill mod? Or sorry, game type. I think... It's Armor 2. Mm, I think it's Myth the Fallen Lords. Really? Yeah. I played a little bit of Myth back then. I like Well, myth. actually, no, Tribes. <laughs> tribes. Tribes? Ooh. Tribes. Uh, Internet historians got to back us up on this one. Uh, put it down as in myth. Tribes, basically, you would spawn in, and there would be like multi. It was, you're right. There would right, be like, right. eight, you know, these carriers drop ships that would hold up like five to ten people. You all hop in. You fly over to the, the fight. Um, yeah. So the, it was that kind of, it's it's the shuttling of players into battle. But, I mean, what I think makes that fun, though, is that you there's not like, you don't spawn behind someone or people are spawning near you. Yeah. It's like. The only way people are getting to this battlefield is by like like some other means of like physical Transport. transporta- yeah, transportation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I guess the king of the hill, king of the hill would have like pickup trucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Butane bombs. Butane propane bombs. Propane bombs. <laughs> like lawn chairs. Lawn chairs. <laughs> Just like fences. Fence. Lots of fences. You build fences. Sunburns. Just a really unauthorized King of the Hill, King of the Hill mod. The longer your character stays alive, the worse the sunburn gets. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, Why didn't you guys make a season four of VGHS? Why did we not make a season four of VGHS? Uh, Well, so there's a whole list of reasons, but the long story short is I think that the character story we wanted to tell and that arc was about high school and high school romances. Like the thing that we wanted to kind of really get across, which is a feeling that it's hard to, like, I think if you never experienced it in high school, like you will, if, you know, here's what it is. It's like, it's the idea that like, you know, people are their own thing. And just because you want something from someone at that time, doesn't mean they're going to go for it. That's why Brian and Jane do not get together. And it's the story. is not about Brian finding the love of his life because she it's high school she probably isn't and she has her own aspirations and dreams and she's going to pursue those and that's the time to you know right that's high school it's the time to do it it's not that he finds the love of his life it's that he finds friends because we start with him in season one as a total loner friendless loser who's getting bullied by arguably bigger losers than he is (laughs) right but the ending is is him finding friends and finding that family and that is that arc of that character. That's the story from beginning to end of, of who that person is, right? It's in the same way that Harry Potter finds his family at the end of it. It's not that Harry Potter finds a hot girl and totally gets to make out with her at the end of, every, end of Harry Potter. It's like, no, it's that he has a family and he has friends. And that's the arc that we want to tell for, for him. And, and also, I think for her, it's also one uh, for Jenny. It's about reconciling with you know, sort of the pressures of, of, of her mother and then becoming, you know, becoming her own person in that way and understanding that aspect about her. So from a character story standpoint, uh, it, we told the story that we wanted to tell. Now, that's not to say that there's not stuff that we couldn't still not do in the universe. One of, we did a, um, on Story Break, we did a, uh, we're, we're part of the Max Fun Network on Story Break. We did a bonus episode for, okay, what if, okay, let's say we had to do season four. What would we do? Mm-hmm. What would the character conflicts be? 
and then the one that we came out with, what we came up with, like, okay, the fun kind of sitcom esque story that could work in if we continued it would be like around uh, Jimmy's character, around Ted. And we're like, oh, here's what it would be. It would be Freddy, uh, Ted's father, had a kid, had another kid, <laughs> and then Jimmy's next of kin, so now he has to raise a child in high school. We're like, but like again, it's you know, it's it's fun, it's like kind of goofy, but it's not like like it's not a character story in the sense that you know yeah. we were. Uh, it's a very fun episode because we get into we get into like a lot of jokey stuff in terms of like what could happen, but that's like the story we want to tell. And I think when we look at that universe too, because everyone's like, why did you do video game college? One is I think you have to be. I think you have to be true to how like obviously we're playing in a fantasy world with uh with with uh professional video games and that was the thing I think that was a big distinction with video game high school a lot of people are like oh it's a sci-fi show I'm like no it's not it's a fantasy show that has a lot of you know sort of sci-fi elements to it but if it's mostly a fantasy show it's a show it's a show about what if because the real world of video game professional video game playing kind of sucks Right. Like it's you have to be part of a crew. You have to be in a house and you're training. You're getting up early. You're working out. Then you're playing league for eight hours and you're training with your teammates and you all go to tournaments and the tournament prize pots are okay. And you live in the middle of Utah because that's where the fast Internet is. And that's your life. And like cool, like, you know, but. That's not a fan. The fantasy is it's Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. It, it would be like as if, if the wiz, if, if wizards were like, yeah. okay, but magic is like really segmented and you can only do it in these government jobs. No, it's like the fantasy is it's a giant, you know, ridiculous uh, yeah. over the top world. And that's what we were, were, were portraying. So there's a lot of stuff I think we still want to do in that. So again, we're uh, the world of TV and the world of movies. The gears churn slower than, uh, than YouTube. Like we have a animated show pitch that we are working with Titmouse, the guys who did, um, uh, Metalocalypse, whole bunch of stuff. Oh, cool! Um, and we've been going around with that. Like, so there's there's versions of that story that we want to tell. But then I think any additional version has to be one true to the world of video games, which is video game college. Like, let's be honest: if you're college age, you're a coach. Mm-hmm. When you look at the when you look at the pro teams, like the guys who are coaches are like like twenties, right? Like they're like they're they're old. You're old when you're college age when it comes to video games. So it doesn't make sense to be like, oh, we're in college. And it's also like I don't think that there's like the, you have to think about the type of story you're going to tell, right? I think a high school story is a perfect story of like coming of age and discovering yourself and 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 finding friends and figuring out who you are in this world. Whereas college, you look at the famous sort of stories of that. It's less about that. It's less about you not coming of age necessarily. You know, in college, to the, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm like, what do you have? You have Porky's. You have like the, you know, the uh, the um, the comedies of the of the '80s that are set in college. But then, like high school, you have you have your Harry Potters, you have all your formulative sort of hero story yeah. types of stuff in fantasy, like kind of end up in that at that age range. So it's like college is just like I just don't think there's anything interesting there. Whereas I think when we thought when we looked at high school, we're like there's a lot of interesting things we want to explore. And for people who you know who have stuck along with reading high school and saw season two and three, there's stuff we get into that is like about high school. Like for example, one of the big arcs in season three was uh, the death of a parent, right? And how weird that is. I had that happen to me. Um, I experienced that in high school, Matt experienced that in high school, like where you have someone that you know and their parent dies mm-hmm. and like it's wild. You know, I don't know if you guys, you, you guys have that in, in high school. It's, it's a strange experience because it's like, it's, you think in high school, everything's in, you know, you're, it's fun. It's invincible. And then here's the real world and life coming in at you in a way that you don't expect. 
And it's inter- it's just interesting, and we really want to explore that in an episode of Big High School, right? And the you know the idea of like the temporariness of of of, uh, of teen romances in high school, and how it can seem like the most important thing, and how like when you look back at it, it's like oh that was fun, and it was like a little bit of it, it wasn't that important really, uh, or wasn't that mean it, the meaning of it was way more when you were a kid than you are when you look at it now. There's a lot of stuff that you can explore in that high school context. So I still, we still want to live in that world. I think it's much more fun than the idea of like high school and the idea of that sort of that, that time period being like a, a transitional time for people is really fun. So we have ideas. Um, and I think a lot of them tend to be more in line with, I think a little bit more in line with what the way video game uh, pro, pro gaming has become now. So we have ideas for continuation stuff that's still play in the universe. But I think when it comes to those main characters, especially sort of Brian and Jay, those main characters, I think that's that story is told and not to say that they can't show up later and be sort of fun color in sort of continuations of video game high school. But I think from a character story standpoint, I think that that's, that's where we're happy with where we ended up with it. Gotcha. What's the biggest challenge you're facing these days to trying to get more shows off? The here's the hard, here's the biggest challenge folks. We did a lot of stuff on YouTube. We did a lot of stuff uh, uh, web series wise. We did we set records for crowdfunding. We did a web series and blah 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 blah. Who cares? Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Sorry. Here's 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 the here's the hard lesson that I've learned over the last few years, which is context is everything. If if we decided to split off back in 2012, let's say, and there's a mul- alternate version of of us, right? And, and they're also having a podcast right now. Alternate <laughs> versions of us where we all decided to go down the direct-to-DVD horror movie route, which we were all embroiled in back in around 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. And we decided to all just be like, fuck it. Let's make movies, feature films that are cheap and can turn a profit. Those alternate rally versions of ourselves are having a better career in Hollywood right now than us. Because yeah. the fact is... When people look at your past work, they say they look at our stuff and they're like, "Oh, you guys have done some stuff on YouTube." What YouTube? The thing where that that guy uh, recorded a video of a of a dead dude. Oh, YouTube, the thing my kid watches, and it's like there's that what PewDiePie and he like talks. Oh, he, what? Yeah, the stigma's never left. The stigma's never left. So anything you've done in this context, nobody cares because at the end of the day, there's only two things that matter in doing stuff in the traditional Hollywood sense, which is did you make anyone any money? Did you win anybody any awards? Mm-hmm. And again. Right. In the traditional sense, people are like, well, don't do the traditional sense. It's like, well, but like, f- it's easier said to be like, oh, just don't do it traditionally. Because fundamentally, there's a lot of things when you get into the details of it that still tie you to some degree of traditional like uh, approach. For example, if you said don't do it traditionally, well, you could go anywhere. Cool. Where are you getting actors? Because like it or not, every actor knows that money is in Los Angeles. That's how they can make a living. They can get a commercial. They can get roles in Los Angeles. So the Los Angeles is kind of where actors need to be. So if you're going anywhere else and you want to use any actor, you're either pulling from your local population who, if they're good, they've probably gone to Los Angeles, or you have to fly them from out from Los Angeles, which is just an additional cost that you're just paying now in order to handle that, right? So, and there's a lot of stuff like that, right? It's crew. It's, you know, sure, you can shoot anywhere, but crew, cast, a lot of these sort of like the fun, you can't make a movie without, I mean, you know, you need movies for the most part, you need people. <laughs> uh, and so those, those sort of modes are sort of like kind of set. And yeah, you could, again, Tyler Perry has done this to an amazing extent, right? He's set up in Georgia and he's like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm making my own studio in Georgia. I'm doing all this. And he was able to do that, right? He also made, he also, before he did that, he made a bunch of movies that made a bunch of money um, and were profitable. 
So it's that's the that's the hard part right now is that we're I feel like I always feel like we're in between. We're in between the world. Like I feel like I have more experience behind camera and I have more experience like directing actors and doing that work than most people walking into Sundance and selling their movies. But that experience is meaningless unless it's applied in that context and that sort of other other way. So in a weird way, it feels like when we're talking about doing a feature film, we're talking about TV, even though we did like a couple of Hulu shows, right? But you did a couple of Hulu shows, but the way that that world works is like too bad you're not, you know, some name, some known showrunner and you didn't get tons and tons. Of, your shows didn't get all, you know, four fifth seasons. Mm. You're not known in that way. It's harder for you to, 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 to put yourself out there like that. So when we talk about even feature films, it's like nobody's walking up to us and being like, here's a movie we want you to direct that. It's like, no, 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 no. You, as far as as far as those people are concerned, we're unproven entities. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it feels a lot like we're back at square one, having to prove ourselves. We're back at square one with actual experience, and I think that's helpful, right? More, way more so than anyone else. If you know, if we were coming in new to it, but it does feel like we got to kind of prove ourselves all over again, right? I'm sure you guys have sort of felt that a little bit to an extent, oh, yeah. right? Which is maybe kind of what's kept us doing YouTube is because part of me doesn't like the idea of going out there and trying to like scratch it from the dirt again you know yeah i kind of want to i can do whatever i want here right right right, right. to a degree you know obviously i keep the lights on but i can make videos and I, right. they can be my videos and i can control when they come out and what they're going to be and my budgets aren't big but at the same time i still have plenty of resources that would otherwise be expensive if i was starting from actual nothing. from actual scratch yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um and maybe like when i look back at our past experiences doing long form content you know the ones that stand out are Rush, Battlefield Rush, right, and Lifeline. And they both had their variety of challenges, but <clears throat> Rush was honestly a, a bunch of fun. Um, yeah. The challenge with Rush was the Battlefield IP. Right, um, right, 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 right. Which fell apart at the last second. That's why it's inspired by Battlefield. It was also, yeah, it was just a constant strain on the production from from day one. Well, because at the end of the day, you're, you're like it or not, right? You're secretly doing a commercial, right? Yeah. Because that's the, the brand world... Which has evolved over the years, but that's what that ends up being, and so you're still beholden to those needs and their, right. and their and their requests, which oftentimes has very little to do with they want to sell a video game, they don't want to make a cool movie. Exactly, it's it's hard to put your months, if not years, of work at the whims of some marketing director that's on the yeah, other side of the fair. world. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but generally speaking, that project was still solid, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I think the end product was good too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lifeline was a bit of a different story. Um, it still has its, you know, its moments, but Lifeline was very much like in the traditional system, right. and like really turned me off to the traditional system. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a desire to go back to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, even well, though I have a desire to make movies and shows, yeah. I just not like that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we we just, I mean, we've said this story <clears throat> on the podcast before, but really, we got burned because yeah, yeah, the yeah. camera union. <laughs> wouldn't let us touch the cameras and we're like it's going yeah. on a YouTube channel you you know YouTube <laughs> and they're like nope yeah so yeah, yeah. Of, they're like oh, really like it's so sour you know yeah we saw that we saw that on dimension 404 to an extent too right like and and, it, and at the end of the day like right like I I joined the editors guild in order to edit right mm-hmm. and it was one of those Amazing. things where and it was one of those things where I was like yeah, you know and I think even Senzaki had to join the um sound editors guild as well you know uh so, you know, I think, I think that there's, there's always going to be, it's a question of how you want to play ball. And, and I think what I found, though, is it all comes down to money. 
if something's expensive, depending on your right point of view, but like if something's expensive, the more expensive it gets, the harder it is for you to do your own thing. Yeah. The cheaper it is, the more likely you are to do your own thing. Right. But then it's cheaper, so you have to kind of be scrappier in that sense. So when I even talk about, you know, feature films, we're in that mode of like, okay, it's got to be cheap. It's got to be like a one location kind of thing, which is where I think Joe, uh, Mr. Guitar Man, to go to bring this all the way around was brilliant, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Brilliant in being like, cool. His movie out the gate is a is one that he can manage it's one that from a from a cost standpoint is 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 workable right it's not a big sprawling epic whatever it's like no 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 make a movie that get a base hit right mm-hmm. make a movie that is solid that can make its money back that is what sets you up to be able to 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 continue that career right you don't go up there and just swing for the fences on your first time out it's like get a base hit prove that you can do this and then you can find that later but that's again that's a journey and that's a process and that's one that you know i think for i think that for me it is why i got into making videos and movies and stuff in the first place and the taste of what because i think i've i've had i've had the taste of what it could be whereas i think when we got to like video game high school season three and even like the hulu shows i was like oh it can be like this it now with caveats with parameters but we got to that point where we're like, yes, it can actually feel loose in a way that, you know, we like uh, and, and, and it, you know, I wasn't necessarily turned off by it. There were parts where I'm like, this doesn't make sense and I don't like this. I understand what the logic is and that logic may be applied 10 years ago, but it certainly doesn't make sense now. But, you know, again, I think it, it, to me it was it's part of the challenge of it and something that I, uh, I kind of want to get into, you know? Yeah, definitely. Do you think movies, the movies that you imagined yourself making back in the 90s versus what movies are now, are they still the same? I think movies are, well, I think movies as a whole changed, right? I think what you see a lot of right now is you see a lot of sub $5 million movies, which is very, very cheap. And I'm sure people there, you know, who are unfamiliar with film stuff are like, $5 million is a lot of money. It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) $5 million is not even a single, at this point, what, half of an episode? I think, I believe Game of Thrones is at 13 an episode. Right. $5 million gives you Bruce Willis for five days. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, by the way, if, and if you're shooting only with Bruce Willis for five days, and it's uh, and it's you're shooting at the movie pace, the breakneck pace of two pages a day, that's ten minutes of Bruce Willis, right? <laughs> so, like, but yeah, like, like, uh, like, I, I think that movies changed. You see a lot of sub five stuff. It's I think arguably it's probably pretty easy as far as like you know the. the scale of difficulty it's like it's workable to do sub five because you know it's like as long as it's hitting checking certain boxes you can make your money back on it um you, you know, all the very good stuff that a24 is putting out sort of in terms of like you know uh, uh distribution like that's that's all kind of in that category and then even um even stuff like get out right which uh, uh which started off as a very very cheap movie that they kind of tested right the entire um Bloomhouse sort of horror model is that it's like make it cheap, test it out. And then if it seems like it's good, then kind of put my, it's a very sort of conservative mm-hmm. uh, approach to it. Or you see giganto tent poles, right? It's Marvel movies. It's all the DC movies and the middle of it has sort of fallen out mm-hmm. and the middle of it, which, which is a bummer because you know what lived in the middle of it? Nicholas Cage movies, Nick Cage movies. You know what also lived in the middle of it? Action the, films, the matrix <laughs> yeah. action yeah. films, right? Like that, that was the world of the middle. The, like, you know, and there was t- uh, you, uh, district nine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the, that whole world like it's about 20 to 50 million that kind of middle ground it's just it's hard to justify it it's hard yeah. to to make that happen you know and i think the only people who even get close to that are like the cohen brothers right people super established in that world are able to kind of do stuff in that world because they're they're using the best actors in the world and, <laughs> and you know and and they have the reputation 
of that. But uh, I think that middle ground's disappeared, which is which is a bummer because who knows if it's coming back. So then I think the answer is right that you either adapt to it or right. I think you have to adapt to it. And you think you have to be like, okay, cool. What is what can you do for five, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, even like the raid, right? The raid, the raid and raid two. That's the answer. That's one of the answers to it, which is do it like they did in the raid, right? Uh, John Wick is more expensive, but Keanu Reeves helps in terms mm-hmm. of justifying that expense. If you don't have Keanu Reeves, you can't do John Wick at the level they did John Wick. But that's let's get a stunt team. Let's build relationships in that sense. You know, even even uh, even first Deadpool to an extent, right? It was kind of that is still in that middle ground. So it's not totally dead yet, but you have to be smart about how you approach it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, I yeah, I, I think that the whole the world of John Woo action epics in that that we grew up loving are harder and harder to find. <laughs> well, and you're well, honestly, you're finding them elsewhere. You're finding them in Korea. You're finding them in Southeast Asia. Those types of movies. Yeah. Yeah. To wrap up this podcast. Okay. What's the coolest hobby you've picked up this past year? Coolest hobby I've picked up this past year. Uh, so I've gotten really, <laughs> so I have been really into like uh, magic. And I think you've seen some of this stuff. In fact, yeah, back in the day, little card tricks, stuff like that. I've gotten more and more into it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting that the sort of the, the, the world, that sort of like the infighting world of like magicians <laughs> Because there's definitely the feeling of like there's old guns, like OG magicians who are like, you're like, dude, this is corny. And they're doing stuff where you're like, I don't know about that. And then there's sort of the new guard magicians who are much flashier and like hipper and stuff. So it's like very that. much like arrested development. A little bit. It's, it's, <laughs> it is interesting, but it's interesting, you know? So I've been doing a lot of like uh, uh, magic stuff and getting into that. Um, is it cool? Now, Nico, that depends on your definition of the word cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's on, cool if you, if you strut it out and make it cool. Um, but yeah, just sort of just getting back into, the, into that uh, 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 as a hobby. I want to get into some, uh, some race droning with, uh, <laughs> with, my boy, with my boy Nico here. Mm-hmm. We may get into that. I got one of those newbie drones sitting on my desk for you. Oh, my God. Oh man! Actually, thank so you, cool. Gif, for coming on our podcast. Thank you. Oh my God! Thank you so much. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, basically that. I mean, look, doing hobbies. People always wonder because they think a lot of the stuff that we do now is off camera, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're you're writing. Like we, the end of last year, we finished up a script for a studio, and it was like that. I can't say shit about that. I can't. Even, <laughs> I can't even say what. I shouldn't even say what studio it is, right? Like it's. I can't even say do that. Like it's just we did a script, and guess what script writing is? It's not tweeting about it. It's not <laughs> writing. It's not doing videos of it. So we've been busy, but it's not visible. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the most visible thing we've been doing is our podcasts. So story break, which is where we try to break a story in an hour, and then Dungeons and Daddies, where we pretend to be dads. In- and where can one find these podcasts? Why the good old Google search? You do story <laughs> break or Dungeons and Daddies is at Dungeons and. Uh, Hold on, let me just, yeah, uh, yeah, what is it? Not? Yeah, uh, Story Break is just Google it. Um, it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on all everyone's favorites. If, you, if you're if you're listening to this, you probably you probably are in can, an app or find a, thing a, find a way to get there. Dungeons and Daddies. If you Google it, make sure you add <laughs> podcast <laughs> to the end of that search. Just Dungeons and Daddies podcast. What happens when you search for normal Dungeons and and Daddies? You get a lot of search results. There's a lot of hits on that one. A lot of hits. A lot of hits. Oh boy! <laughs> Better get that SEO going, man. That is, that's true. We're gonna. It's gonna be difficult for us to climb up over the SEO that's already there for Dungeons and Daddies. But uh, that one's at DungeonsDaddies.com or any 
again, all the all the usual podcast stuff. That's the problem. Nobody has a good podcast. Where do, do you, you still, find it? Podcast. Sorry, this is a tangent. Just a yes, podcast. You reminded me. Do you still sit on URLs? Are you still a URL parker? Do you still go on like oh. NetworkSolutions.com every once in a while and buy sick URLs, hoping that somebody will buy them from you? I don't. Also, have you ever sold one? I've never sold a URL. <laughs> all my URLs are dumb URLs. What, what, what's your most prized URL? <sighs> what was it? This is years ago. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, what did I have? Oh, erectoralcollege.com. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, and I thought like, what I wanted to do with it was to make a website and then it's like dongs and then it's like the Mork votes, right? As they win on election night, the dongs turn red and blue. Um, so no one wanted that one. Mm. And I didn't do that, obviously. Well, yeah, it was your idea. So, no one's going to steal it from you. So Erectoral College is out there. I think that one expired. I, I let that one go into the sunset. I'm like, yeah. just not its time. Just not its time. <laughs> uh, what about you? Do you have any good URLs? No. I know. No, once really. once they added dot pizza and yeah. shit, it just n- became not cool anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, everyone's got one. Everyone's got exactly the right one. Everyone's got like cool dot cool Biz. dot party dot biz. I'm just happy we got quarter digital without the hyphen in the middle. <laughs> like penny arcade, it's like penny dash arcade. And it's like, man, why did they have that a dash in there? Hyphen. We couldn't get penny arcade without a dash. And like, we we actually found the guy that had corridordigital.com, which is like for this like one corridor of businesses in like the Midwest. Um, and you're like, can we buy it from you? He's like, mm, I think I might use it like 10 grand if you want. It's like, uh, I'm not going to buy it for 10 grand. It's just like our, it just goes at the end of our email address. <laughs> Everybody yeah. goes to youtube.com slash corridor. And then he a couple died. years later, a guy who works <laughs> as like at, at like an internet networking place was like, Hey, you know, I'm a big fan of the channel. And I just wanted to go check if quarter digital was available. And it was, so I bought it for you. So here it is. And it's like, Oh, <gasps> Wow. So I guess like I let it expire. We sent him a PS4 as a thank you. <laughs> so yeah. that's the that's the real currency of this yeah. modern age is, <laughs> is PS4s and Xbox Ones. That's yeah. cool. Holy shit. So that's really nice of him. And now you can go to corridordigital.com and get all your merch and you can just all your it. stuff, all your videos, just live it there. Go into your settings and make sure you set that as your homepage so that every time you open that Chrome. You get in that big old eyeful of the Nico yep. and the Sam. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you guys should hire me to do all your plugs. I'm good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we Next one. Yeah. Let's do it after this. <laughs> Plug me up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, Freddie. Well, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Always a good time. Always a good chat. Always yeah. a good slam jam. Let's make a tactic. Tech two cool reloads. Reloads too. Wait, quick brainstorming session. Go thirty seconds. All okay, right. What? So I was thinking it might be really cool if uh, we're revolutionary soldiers and our reloads aren't like oh, reloading like pixels, super like, slow. Not yeah, slow. So it's like a prequel. It's really no, fancy, fast, fancy, fancy, but fast. Guns. Yeah. So like you're spinning your little ramrods around and like tearing. Your so so it opens with like a little portal and, and two cops get thrown out into the middle of the revolutionary <laughs> yeah, you're war. Still cops. Yeah. We're still cops. Yeah. yeah. We're oh, still man. 80s cops. So you have, you're still we're wearing, fighting in a museum. You're still wearing the same. Costumes, yeah, yeah, the jorts, or jorts. or it's a situation where it's like that, but we just we're in a situation where everything can be reloaded. Like, oh, we start with guns, like staple guns, yeah, then staples, and then maybe it's like I'm thirsty and I need to like put, reload the water of my cup, 
And then, like, oh no, 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 you have to, re- you have to do that. You, you, you know those, uh, those water coolers where you're like, that's like the ta- you know what it is. You gotta do it. You gotta do attack reload in the middle of it where we we turn the whole water cooler upside down and you swap out for a full <laughs> one, but you keep the other one like nearby. Yep. Water cooler is pretty good. Just reloading everything. Yeah, reloading everything. Oh man, web- that's pretty good. At some point, a web page doesn't. Yeah, at some load. point, <laughs> we dive across the room. It's like I'm holding control and you're hitting R. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Just doing reloads, but just reloading everything. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. Yeah, web page. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I buy it. Okay. Yeah, so you, and you can get a blunderbuss or like an old revolution. Yeah, maybe it's just like there. hanging on the wall or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just now thinking, what these are staple guns, batteries, AAA batteries. <laughs> the only thing you have to do, you have to do for the battery one. It's like a, a light. It's like it's like, need to reload. It's like you, yeah, you screw it out. You dump the batteries, and then you go and they just cut to like. Searching through a pantry and there's just nothing. It's like, God damn. And then it cut to like Amazon, like double A batteries, Amazon right click. And then just like, wait. And then the guy comes like, oh, thanks. Sign for the package. And then you continue. It's like yeah. you do a hard pause in the middle of it where you have to order some from Amazon. Oh, that'd be great. And you can just straight break the fourth wall and there's a part where you have to reload the card on the camera. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's so good. This is a solid ass idea, boys. I think, I think that's really good. <laughs> Yeah. So it may seem like we just made that up, but I've actually been thinking about this for like a couple of months. Ah! <laughs> you didn't have to say that. It's good though. It's good though. I'm I'm in. Cool. Just name the time and the place in the I'm Amazon just, Prime account. Just watch out though. Uh, make, leave enough ideas for video number three. That sounds no. Like you got you got to put it all out in the field every practical, time. Everything you got to practical oh. reload. <laughs> no practical. tactical three loads. Tactical three. <laughs> tactical three loads. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Beautiful. how far can we keep that series going? At what point does it become like Fate of the Furious? You know, <laughs> they tried so hard on that one. Did nine they? of the Furious? Nine. You know what's jacked up about Hobbs and Shaw? No, isn't one of them a villain? Like, like, killed, uh, like- last time I checked, Shaw killed Han. Excuse me, Shaw killed Han. Who's Han? Uh, He's uh, the Drifter. The Drifter, our boy. Tokyo, is he from Tokyo, Tokyo Drifter? Drifter. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Shaw killed him. What an asshole. How did he kill him? He murdered him in his car. With a you gun? You see it. With a gun? I don't remember. Or via car on car? <laughs> I think it was gun on face. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He murdered... And then, the, like, I almost... I, like, I, it, it, no joke, the end of the last Fast and Furious when it's like, you're welcome at our table. And he's sitting and eating... Eating food, sharing a meal with with Dom, I almost walked out of the theater. I was like, my boy Han would not stand for this. He got murdered by this guy. It's like, dude, Nico, if I murdered Sam, would you ever let me have dinner with you after that? Maybe maybe one final dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'd be like I'd purposely make it really bad food. I'm not saying you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a barbecue. It wouldn't be a good looking barbecue, though. No, I wouldn't be like, Freddy, you're welcome at my table. It would be full Coronas. Hey, oi, hey, Nico, Oi. I'm sorry I murdered your friend Sam, but forever we'll just eat barbecue now. <laughs> that's my bit. That's my. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it, it's it, like it the does, muscles that's that make friends. Is it the muscles? Does muscles so. transcend all boundaries, including those when you kill your friends? Maybe. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Let's all get ripped and find out. Let's all get ripped. <laughs> all right, man. All, all right. right. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, guys. Good times with good friends. That's what I like to have in a podcast. If you guys want, subscribe to Cordercast here on YouTube. It's a good decision for your life. It'll make it better. <laughs> uh, you can also listen to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Spotify, 
Google Podcasts or whatever it's called. iTunes, whatever else is out there. <laughs> Trust me, the quarter cast is there. Also, go check out Freddy's podcast, Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> and uh, Story Break. Uh, Story Break isn't as fun to say as Dungeons and Daddies. Anyways, yeah, go say hi for us. Tell him that he's a cool dude. All right. Thank you for watching, everybody. Subscribe.